the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination, the plains of Elam County. The Kavalan are one of Taiwan's indigenous peoples. They live in communities dotted down parts of Taiwan's east coast. Officially, they number around 1,500. These are basic facts and statistics, the sort of thing anyone can look up online. But the few seconds it may take to come up with this information masks the 15 years it took to win government recognition and be included in official counts. The Kavalan were long hidden in obscurity. But their campaign to recover their culture and win official status succeeded, getting them instated as Taiwan's 11th indigenous group. The story of the Kavalan people and their struggle for recognition is being retold in an exhibit at the Institute of Elan County History. It's called Kavalan Aimi, which means "We Are the Kavalan." With us to discuss the exhibit is the institute's Li Suyue. 一开始并不是说叫他们是噶玛兰人，而是说居住在噶玛兰这个地方。The name Kavalan originally meant anyone who lived in the green triangular plain in Taiwan's northeast corner, today part of Elan County, where the institute is located. Variants of this name appear in European records of the area from the 17th century. The name also appears in different forms in later Imperial Chinese records, as parts of Taiwan were absorbed into the empire. The people of this Kavalan area lived close to the sea coast and to the rivers that watered the plain. They lived by agriculture, hunting, gathering, and fishing. By the time outsiders began moving into their plain, they had 36 villages. Outsiders did begin moving in, though. Ethnic Chinese settlement began in earnest from 1796. Traditional ways became less and less viable as land was taken by the new arrivals and turned into rice paddy. By the mid-19th century, some of the area's indigenous people were forced to the edges of the plain. Others took to the sea, migrating down the east coast, and sometimes coming to live among other groups like the Amis. On paper, the Kavalan never really existed. For the Imperial Chinese government, which came to rule their homeland, there were two kinds of indigenous people on Taiwan. There were those who paid their taxes or took on Chinese culture, and then those that did not. And even later governments who did notice differences in language and culture left the Kavalan off their official lists of Taiwan's indigenous people. In 1895, Japan took control of Taiwan from Imperial China. Japanese ethnographer Ino Kanori was commissioned to do a survey of Taiwan's original peoples. In 1896, as part of this survey, Ino came to the Elan Plain, where he interviewed the chief of one group that had stayed behind. Ino wrote that local people called themselves Kuvarawan. Ms. Lee says that by this point, the name of the plain had become the name of the people. The current spelling was fixed by later scholars. So the Kavalan people were on the record. But while the Japanese colonial government had commissioned Ino's survey, it didn't take the results into consideration. In the end, nine big groups, mostly those living in the mountains, were recognized. This nine-group scheme continued undisturbed even long after Japanese rule ended in 1945.
拜。你还要去乡镇施工所去登记你是平地山包，你才去。The lands of the nine big groups were put under special administration, and Ms. Lee says those outside these areas who wanted indigenous status had to jump through bureaucratic hoops to get it. With the nine-group system and bureaucratic obstacles, the Kavalan were practically a hidden people. But many among them still remembered who they really were. In 1987, a spirit of change came over Taiwan with the lifting of decades of martial law. Indigenous movements had started gathering steam even before this, and in a new climate of freedom, the time was right for a Kavalan awakening. At the center of the Kavalan push for recognition was Jie Wanlai, a descendant of those who'd been pushed out from Ilan's plain. His father had always told him, though, about the place where his people had come from, and charged him to never forget about his roots. Jie's work at a government office involved taking new soldiers around. And so he traveled quite often. He was able to use his travels to find relations from his family's original village. His travels through traditional Kavalan lands also stirred up Kavalan consciousness. In 1987, Jie and others saw an opportunity to put their Kavalan identity in the spotlight. What's now the National Taiwan Museum was planning a big event. It was a celebration of a stone sarcophagus found in the village where Jie lived. This was in Amis village, and the sarcophagus wasn't Kavalan, but it was decided the Kavalan from this village would go to the event anyway. They'd show a Taiwan that had forgotten about them that the Kavalan still existed, independent of their Amis neighbors. A group researched traditional clothes and prepared a performance using the Kavalan language and based on a Kavalan ceremony. There was even a chance to use an interview connected with the event as a chance to spread the word. This was the start of a struggle that would stretch out for 15 years. In order to get their place on the government's official list, the Kavalan would have to make Taiwan as a whole hear their voice. Dedicated performers put on shows like the one they'd done at the Museum Gala everywhere they could get invited. But the Kavalan people would also have to look inward and uncover those things that made them Kavalan beyond their ancestry. Young people needed to learn about Kavalan culture, and the Kavalan movement would have to be prepared to show outsiders what it is that makes Kavalan culture different and special. Some older community members recalled their own forebears weaving with banana fibers, and through hard work, they managed to recover this art form. Meanwhile, old ceremonies were revived, and efforts were made to teach the Kavalan language. In their push for recognition, the Kavalan had allies from the outside. Among them was the Ilan County government, centered on the Kavalan homeland, which took interest in the cause. Ms. Lee says that in 1991 and in 1996, it organized two series of Kavalan events. Including a homecoming and a search for roots for descendants of those who'd been pushed out long before. Academics too organized a research group focused on unrecognized plains Aborigines like the Kavalan. But without the legwork and determination of the Kavalan people themselves, the push for recognition could never have worked. 
Through the 1990s and into the new millennium, they themselves organized protests, put together petitions, and made themselves heard at public, town hall-style meetings. I asked Ms. Lee why officials took 15 years to respond to all this work. She says there was a lack of solid response to petitions, and this was in part because officials were held to the letter of the law a law that didn't yet seem to have a place for the Kavalon. There were practical concerns, too. Basic information that could affect things like statistics and budgets. For instance, how many Kavalon were there exactly? If the government offered status, how many people could it expect to apply? Around 2002, the government gave signs that the Kavalon might finally get their wish for recognition. And so Kavalon people put together reports detailing interest in registering as Kavalon. It was a final feat of paperwork that helped seal their official status. Last year marked 30 years since the Kavalon movement began and 15 years since it finally succeeded. So the Institute of Elan County History felt that the time was right for a look back on how the area's first people asserted themselves for all Taiwan to see. The story told in this exhibit goes from the earliest records of Kavalan people made by outsiders all the way to 2002. The objects used to tell the story include maps and documents, but also personal items like the journal of movement leader Jie Wanlai. There's also a range of photos showing Kavalan people. The photographers include a 19th century missionary, people alive in the Japanese era, and those who witnessed the protests, petitions, and performances of our own recent past. All this is here to make a statement. Kavalan Aimi. We are the Kavalan. I'm John Van Trieste, and 